Hello, extra time. Point to the league, not to get a hold because it, it damages your reputation. It, it makes people, when they read it, just laugh at you. Single block, they're playing in the league one, and they're playing in Europe, they're you're very welcome along to the Extra Time W Sportscast. It's lovely to be back. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back uh, in future in uh, better capacity. We've uh, unfortunately lost our studio for a couple of weeks and had a, a couple of interviews that have been uh, unfortunately been unable been unable, I should say, to be released. Uh, Dave Donnelly's not with me. Obviously, he will be going forward. We should be back in uh, normal capacity next week. So here's an interview right now with uh, Gary Dicker, who we did manage to uh, grab a quick chat with uh, just after he signed his new contract and everything going very well from there at Kilmarnock. We managed to chat to Gary about his uh, time in the league here, his time over in the UK and uh, his future as well. So plenty of interest and chat in here. The keen eared amongst you will be able to uh, sort of pick out that it hasn't been recorded on the studio. We managed to try out a bit of Skype technology on that one, so enjoy. And uh, we will be back next week with our usual kind of programme. We're previewing and uh, reviewing all the week's action. Plenty more interviews to come as well. Get us as always on at ET Sportscast on Twitter, Extra Time News on Facebook, or Extra Time Live at gmail.com if you want to send us on an email. Right, on with the show. Let's hear Gary Dicker. You're listening to the Extra Time.ie Sportscast. Gary, you've just signed a new two year deal at Kilmarnock, which uh, I think will take you to your longest ever stint at a club, maybe joint longest with Brighton. Um, but you must be feeling fairly at home there now. Yeah, um, it's probably the most settled I've been since I've been at Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy to get us up, sorted and signed, and uh, it's a bit of security going into the end of the season. Absolutely. It must feel uh, particularly good clinching the deal as well for the, the time you've had there, because um, from reading it, you've had a fairly injury-ravaged time, followed by winning player of the year and now, and now grabbing this deal so um, it, it must be feeling pretty good after going through all of that yeah definitely I think last year I finished the season well had a really good season last year and then I got injured last game of the season finished the game and then I had an injury that was uh, quite an awkward one it was a abdominal kind of pelvis injury that we couldn't really get to the bottom of uh, at scans MRIs had everything done and we couldn't really get to the bottom of it um, which was frustrating because I could do certain things and be alright and then I'd go to kick a ball and be in severe pain so it was probably the longest I've ever missed and uh, probably the hardest time I've been out to be honest It must be tough enough seeing light at the end of the tunnel for something like that then if it feels like you you really can't get to the bottom of it you must feel like it's it's just not going to click in at certain points and, and that you might be waiting God knows how long to play again yeah, definitely. And in the world of football, it's a it's a fickle world, you know. You, mm. People see you walking around and I looked all right. I had good fitness and certain things and it was just a kick in and sprinting that I couldn't really do. And then certain things weren't showing up in scans and stuff like that. And then obviously you're questioning yourself and people are questioning you and wondering that if there is something wrong or not. Um, then we had a change of manager and I was still injured. So... It was a bit of a nightmare scenario, really. But um, fairness to the manager, when he came in, he he sat me down and had a chat and just said, "Get right. You're an old enough player. You know your own body. You don't need anyone else to be telling you if you're right or wrong." And uh, that that helped me a lot. And then he said, "I just need you for December." But I ended up getting back pretty quick. I ended up getting back just towards the end of October, so I got back uh, ahead of schedule, really. 
and uh, that manager was Steve Clark, if I'm not mistaken, because I saw you talk recently about Steve, um, who is currently managing there. For, for, for people who don't know, former West Brom and, and Reading manager, I think was also Liverpool's assistant at one point. But um, you talked about the sort of feel-good factor around the club at the moment and, and what he's brought to the, um, or what, what his, his influence, I suppose. What do, you, what do you feel he's brought to the mix there at the moment? Um, I've probably been asked this question a million times already, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not really one thing you can place finger on really at a football club um, I've said it before sometimes you get a, you get a good feeling when somebody comes in and you hear them speak for the first time I think that's a massive thing in a dressing room and at a football club I think uh, came in said his piece and then as soon as you've seen him work on the training pitch um, you knew straight away because uh, it's getting you to, to believe in what he believes in and he's got everyone on board straight away on a lighter note, Gary, because, um, well, Dex started off with a few heavy questions there, but um, we're just picking through. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, uh, St. Patrick's Athletic just announced um, plans to build a 12,000-seater stadium top of a, top of a shopping centre, hugely ambitious plans. Um, you were part of the, the Brighton squad at a time when they were really building up from League One. I think uh, you won League One. You came close enough to getting promoted from the championship. Um, just from your perspective, what, what was it like being part of... Uh, you know, a, a club that was really on the up and really sort of, um, you know, building things the right way. Um, I guess it, it must have been a hugely, uh, you know, outside of football even, it must have been a hugely rewarding experience. Yeah, it was brilliant. I remember we started looking at it at the start of that season in League One, sort of, not the pressure was on, but everyone wanted to be there and get promoted. Um, I remember going around, actually, with Fat Boys Slim and Des Lyne at one stage to the stadium. We <laughs> <laughs> we watched every step of the way, really, which was a good thing. We were brought over every month to see the progress, see where we'd be, where the stadium or where the dressing rooms would be in the stadium, the pitch, where the players' lounge would be. And uh, no, it created a massive, massive buzz, not amongst the players, but I think the whole the whole town was given a lift. And we went from six, 7,000 a week to nearly 30,000 a week. So, um, no, it was unbelievable. And people probably didn't think we could fill it but I think the success on the pitch is a massive thing as well Is that an important thing for a footballer I know um, you know obviously it's a job at the end of the day you, you love doing it but it is a job to support your family but um, I suppose outside of that to get kind of satisfaction from your work does, um, does it really help when there is a, I suppose a community aspect to it too Yeah definitely I think it's happened here now obviously my first few months here or my first few months when I first came here we ended up in a, in a relegation playoff and it was I've been involved in playoffs to get to the Premier League when I was at Brighton and I don't know, I just felt it was worse down here because just because it had more effect maybe on everyone else, there was people around the club that you know are going to lose a job you had staff that worked in the gym you'd, I think it was the whole place was dependent on it, you have fans here and it keeps the town alive kind of a bit as well so um, it was a much different pressure then being at the top end and then in fairness the last few months the gaffers come in and we had over 10,000 there when we played uh, Aberdeen in the cup which is unbelievable because it's got it's got the fans here it's just been it's just been I won't say badly run more so off the pitch more so on the pitch uh, the team hasn't got the results at home especially here we've had a horrendous home record until the gaffer came in and the fans are starting to come back now 
And it's five wins on the bounce, isn't it? So it must be feeling pretty good there at the moment. Yeah, definitely. As I said, we're flying. I think we we had three points after the first eight games, um, which is going to send you down, really. And then since the gaffers come in, I think we've only lost two games since then. Um, oh. And lost at home since November, whereas we hadn't won a game until he came in at home. We've won, I think we've won 10 or 11 drawn one at home in the last few months so um, no, it's been an unbelievable turnaround to be honest with you uh, I think everyone had wrote us off really at the start of the season and you never know if we could nick fourth and Celtic win the cup we could end up nicking a European place which is madness really and you talked a little bit about um, your time at Brighton there I just wonder in terms of the timeline because I know you worked under Gus Poyet uh, for a while at Brighton yeah. as well. Would you have been there at the time or just left around the time he, he was sacked uh, live on TV? Because that would, must have been I very I was there, um, yeah. I I left with him actually that summer. Um, I ended up leaving the club um, after he left. I actually wasn't a manager in charge at the time. So, um, yeah, it was a sad way to end, I think, for everyone. But that's football stuff happens, you know what I mean? I think people move on quickly in football. Um you can't really hold too many grudges with anyone about what's going on. And he done well for the club, and the club done well for him. So I think uh, they've both grown since then. They both Brighton ended up getting promoted, and uh, he's over in France doing a good job at Bordeaux. Absolutely. I suppose, though, from a player's point of view, that must have been such a weird feeling at the time because we talk uh, a lot about some of the maybe odd behaviours across various leagues and our own league over here. But I can't say I've ever seen much like that before. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't. To be honest with you, as a player, you're always last and all about anything. I know everyone yeah. always says it, but you'll get more information on the internet or more about somebody who knows somebody else. Um, as I said, I ended up leaving. And the thing is, with football, you're in such a bubble that players, especially, you just move on the next day. Obviously, some players can be affected by you have a better relationship with certain managers and stuff. I had left. I spoke to the lads. Obviously, they were gutted that the manager had left, but it moves on that quick in football. It's probably like any other job that you can't wait around, sit around and think about what's and ifs, and you've just got to worry about here and now and yourself. And the club done that, and he done that as well. Gary, um, it was obviously a, a disappointing way to finish your time at, um, at Brighton, but on the pitch, I think probably a lot of people in Ireland um, came to know you through that spell, particularly when you were you know, challenging towards the top of the championship and maybe people were thinking about, you know, this guy could play for Ireland and then it seemed, um, well, it was that bad leg break, kind of, so it really hampered the, the next few years of your career. Yeah, definitely. Um, I probably came at a time, I was actually playing quite, quite well in the Brighton team with some good players there at the time um, and it was one of them, um, it probably did come at the wrong time for me. I was starting to play regular in the championship, I'd worked hard to get there um, ended up being at a really good club with a really good manager um, it came at a point but then a few months missed you obviously as I said someone else steps in and you're pushed to the side really and I've done well probably to come back from it as quick as I did I came back after five months and got back into the team and played and then sometimes it happens it was a change the manager ended up leaving maybe I probably would have still been there if he had stayed um, but that's all ifs and buts in football you can think about what if a million times, but um, I really enjoyed my time there. To be honest, with you. it's a fantastic club, and uh, it was Premier League. I know everyone says, "Oh, the Premier League ready," but if there was ever a place that was 
destined to go to Premier League was that club because the size of the club. But I don't think people probably realise how big of a club it is and the fan base down there. You've got the new, brand new training ground, everything. It's uh, they've really they've really put the money in and uh, developed the club, and I don't think it'll ever go back to the way it was. It seems like a Brighton. It seems like a lovely place to live as well. Yeah, it's a great spot. To be fair, that's where uh, my wife and kids are from down there, and I still have my house down there and stuff like that. So it's where I'll eventually live when I finish uh, when I finish up football. But um, now, nah, as I said, it's a great spot down there. I think it was probably I noticed the word sleep and joints used a lot, but they they were quite big, and then they ended up losing their stadium and kind of in no man's land for for a few years. So. They deserve everything they get, really, down there, to be honest, the fans who stuck by them. I don't right, mean for... Sorry, go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I don't mean to be so good cop and bad cop about the situation, because I feel like I'm about to ask you another really uh, really tough question here after Dave's just asked you what, it's like, what a nice place Brighton is to live. But um, just from from um, the point of view of when you, were, when you were let go, I think you said that is the first time uh, you've been released by a club in your career at Brighton as well. Um, and we talked to a lot of players maybe about sort of uh, moving from the league to new clubs and how it's how it is to settle and maybe trying to find a move from Ireland but what was that like because it must have been a bit of a little bit of a scramble in that sense um having felt a bit of security there but just for the first time in your career to be sort of weighing up your options and, and really trying to find a proper move that would suit you yeah definitely it's always a, a difficult situation um maybe more so the year I left it was it was a bit, a bit of a Weird period in football as well. The, the FIFA Fair Play Award came in and everyone started to panic, didn't they, from all the clubs down. You're only allowed to spend X amount of what your income is and clubs were getting a lot tighter. You, you were seeing players from the Premier League drop down levels. You were seeing players, good players you're seeing, drop down two or three levels to play and stuff like that. Um, I think now it's probably only starting really to get back to where it was um, before... Um, but it is but I think in this job you're always in the shop window you're always looking for your next contract you're always looking for your next <clears throat> your next move or your next your next game really you're looking to stay in the team I think I think it's probably one of them industries that you've got to be self-employed really even though you are working in the team but you're you're doing it for yourself constantly because it's only you that's going to get yourself in the team or get yourself out of the team or get yourself a move Um so yeah, it is. But I've been used to it really as a kid. You've had rejection as a kid. You've had your ups and downs in this uh, job. So not that you get you get used to it, but you just got you got to hang in there. Usually, but that's what I say to the kid. Like I'm helping with the kids up here. If you do give up, nobody's going to bat an eyelid. It's up to you to keep going and believe in yourself and hoping you you will flip it around and get a new club and start progressing again. And you, you did get so close to the to the Premier League at one stage, well, on a, on a couple of occasions, maybe. Um, as a player for yourself, is it kind of a source of regret that you never got to play at that top level, or the level yeah, you definitely. feel? Definitely, that's that's always the one bugbear, really, probably. Because um, I remember when I first came over to England, I, I said I always want to play in the Premier League, and you want to play in the best league um, and the highest level as you can. And to get that close was uh, was tough to take, to be honest. Yeah. We were three games away from the Premier League and uh, 
the way we we went out was probably a bit unlucky. We got a good result away from home. We drew it all, and we got Palace back to to the Amex, and we thought we had a great chance. And sometimes it's just not it's just not your time, really, to be honest. But um, I do look back at it. Obviously, you do you do think what if? But um, I've had a good career, to be honest with you, so far, and I've played with some great players and under some great managers as well. So. You take it as it comes. Um, sometimes it's not meant to be, but you never say never. All right, right thought, yeah, no, go yeah. ahead again, Beck. I, t- I thought I, you were awake because you didn't know what to say. <laughs> Apologies. Um, and right back at the, the beginning of your career at UCD, um, you would have had, a, I'm sure, a great time there. I wonder how, how much you, you really get to keep up with them now, as you said, if you're, you're busy enough um, and, and how they're currently progressing. Yeah, in fairness, I always keep an eye out on the league back home. I'll always see how UCD are doing. Um, I had a great time there, to be fair. Uh, fantastic club set up. I was doing things back then that, you know, with the sports signs that probably I didn't start doing until I went to your Brighton's and stuff like that. They were that far advanced, to be fair, <clears> when I was at UCD. Uh, I worked under Pete Mann there. It was, uh, it was really good at me, to be fair. Um Brought me in as I think I signed when I was 16. I didn't go there till I was 17. Um, great experience for me playing with some of the some really good League of Ireland players. They had Tony McDonald's or Alan McNally's, Alan Manns, people like that who'd been about the league for years. And um, it was probably the best move I made probably in my career at that age because maybe when you hit 16 or 17, people well back when I was growing up, people kind of thought you were finished because you didn't get a move to England and um, basically it was it was a be all and end all to go to England at 16 or 15 and if you hadn't gone you hadn't got a chance really so um, it was nice to prove a few people wrong as well along the way that probably didn't think that you'd get a chance and uh, also credit to Cherry Orchard as well they were great to me growing up and, and UCD I think uh, I think them two years at UCD proper really grew up and hardened up a lot um, playing against good players and playing against experienced players. It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, it's the best move you ever made because you're a part of that Cherry Orchard team, uh, you know, a, a great underage team. Paul Byrne later, Shells was in it. Uh, I think Shane McFall was in it. Stephen yeah. Quinn was in it. Was Connor yeah. Salmon in it as well? Yeah, he was indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of internationals have come out of that team. But in terms of yourself, um, is there any particular reason why maybe you didn't make the move over to England when you were 16 or 17? Um. I'd been away in loads of trials, to be honest. I went away with, it. I went away with Quinner a lot, uh, to, you know, like to your Leeds, Blackburns, Villas, and all these clubs. Um, I'm not too sure. Same with Quinner, really, to be honest. Um, I was quite a lot more reserved and quiet when I was younger, and probably didn't help me when I went away. I, I never really liked it, to be fair. Uh, I didn't enjoy going all, going away and staying in the house with people I didn't know and. I wouldn't have been the most outgoing at that age. Um, so I think sometimes it's all about time. And I think uh, I think probably if I had gone over a little bit earlier, I don't know if I'd have stayed over, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think even the move that I made to UCD, I don't even think if I had joined a Pat, I could have went to Pat, Shells, Rovers. Um, I think probably even, even if I had made a move to one of them, I probably wouldn't have ended up having the career I had um I remember speaking to John Wilkes actually. It was at Cherry Orchard. He was he was a well-known manager there. He won all the FAI Intermediate Cups, and he just said to me, 
the best bit of advice ever. He just said, uh, "Big fish, small pond." That was the only words he said to me when he asked. When I asked on advice which club to sign for in in the League of Ireland, and I ended up going to UCD, and it worked out. In terms of uh, the club itself, I suppose um, uh, maybe the sort of players who go over to England at a young age uh, are probably more physically developed players. And I know yourself and and Stephen Quinn as well. You you wouldn't be the the big Nemanja Matic type of you know dominating midfield players. They're a bit more technical and so uh, as you say, a bit more slight. So um, did it kind of benefit you maybe just to develop a couple more years? Yeah, definitely. I didn't really grow it until I hit probably after sixteen either. Quinner still hasn't grown yet anyway. <laughs> but um I didn't grow until I was a bit older as well and I got a good stretch then. Um and I probably wasn't now. Probably I think that's maybe where academies over here and the stuff they had here and then when I did go to U C D we ended up started doing a lot more of that stuff. We had uh, some really good uh, sports scientists there as I said and we were doing a lot of the stuff that teams are only starting to do now back then so yeah it is maybe it was or maybe it wasn't but um, I think you can use that as an excuse as well probably I think people people are too quick to say oh everyone just wants this or that but if you're good enough you'll get somewhere in the end if you keep banging on the door and that's what we ended up doing and on a kind of a parochial note I suppose um you're, you're from Fairhouse as as you know all, all the best people there but uh, there's yourself you made a very <laughs> career over there um, Owen Doyle's made a very good career for himself over there uh, I think Dave Webster's from Furious uh, as well he's doing well down in Waterford so uh, I suppose for, for the parish it's, it's not it's not done too bad in international terms No definitely not all them lads uh, I've played against Doyle a few times uh, he's had a really good career to be fair he's another one that probably growing up probably in schoolboy football probably people wrote him off and probably said oh he's not gone away and he put in the work at home and Got some good moves then when he come over here and, and scored goals, which is which is probably the hardest thing to do. Um, but no, it has been uh, it's probably dried up a little bit probably back home with probably players coming over and um, England a little bit not coming over but but probably breaking through. I, I think too I don't know I think people are probably too quick to make a move or I think it's the wrong move probably kids are making. You see, I look I look at some lads and I see. Uh, don't demand cities and your Liverpools and your Man United's. Don't get me wrong, it's it's great they're at the best clubs in the world and yeah, probably giving yourself a chance. But um, I see people that could probably end up going to a, maybe a Championship team or a team a little bit lower down the Premier League that you're going to have a chance. Uh, I think the best example is if you look at probably Ireland, one of Ireland's best ever players. Look at Robbie Kane. He signed for Wolves and he probably could have signed for any team any English team he wanted back then and he ended up getting the Wolves and, and playing I think that's the most important thing because uh, you can come over here and you can get caught up in academy football as I said I'm doing it now where I, I help out with the under 20s here and and sometimes I don't know it can it can lead you into false false hope or a false way of playing football because then when you end up going playing with the first team it's it's night and day really and there's no comparison really uh I think the quicker they bring back reserve football and other topics, probably the best thing. I know in Ireland they're trying to do it with the age groups, but I think you can end up get get stuck in a rut kind of playing with people your own age. And when you get to a certain age, I think you need to start pushing on and probably training with older people and bringing back the reserve league. 
and competitive football I think is probably what you're trying to say there is the key and um, if you were to advise maybe young players who are you know 16, 17, 18 even 19 looking looking to come over is would that kind of be your main point to you know look at getting as many competitive games as you can yeah definitely as I said I learnt more in probably the 18 months that I was at UCD than I probably did anywhere well you learn you learn what it's like to win a game or what it's like it's to cost a team a game or <clears throat> getting a bonus for someone who needed a bonus he's got a mortgage and kids and even when I, even when over here when you see young lads that are probably reluctant to go out and loan or I'm not going there or whatever I think the best way is getting out and playing uh, and that's why I say maybe I know it's hard for parents probably with their kids and looking and say oh he's signed for Man City or he's signed for Liverpool but I think you've got to see the bigger picture uh, of where you're going to give yourself a chance because you're not up against 15 anymore. You're up against endless squads. You could be 40, 50 players your age group that they have more over the world. And Unless you're really, really exceptional, you ain't going to get a game. And then you might even get a loan move because there's 10, 15 players ahead of you trying to get a loan move as well. So I think making the right decisions, I think it's, it's vital and... Um, because you can see some people, I think it's the young lad Jack Byrne that went to, to Man City and then he went out on loan and done well. And then you can make one bad loan move, really, and it can stifle you for a few years and and it can set you back. So um, I think it's important picking the right moves as well. And you um, you talked to us a little bit there about um, when you finish up, likely move back to Brighton. Um, but I know you've got a, a bit of coaching, as you mentioned, you've got a bit of... Uh, a few of your badges done, I believe, as well. There's no chance we can uh, link you back maybe to over here to um, do a little bit of work over, over in Ireland, even around UCD again. Eh, you never say never. I've uh, I've I've done my A license. Um, I'll be starting my pro license. I won't be able to start until next summer, not this summer. So I want to get that done and have that done and dusted by the time I'm finished. And I'm ticking along up here, helping out with the 20s and also the manager we have here. In, now he's uh, he's perfect to learn from. He's worked on their your Bobby Robsons, or Mourinho's, Doug Leashes, everyone. Uh, he's managed at the top himself. He's worked with some unbelievable players. So I'm just tapping into him and and seeing what he's doing and picking up bits along the way and probably noticing a lot more now just because I'm older. Certain things he does and I'm thinking, oh, I like that. And just how he goes about things. Whereas before, when you're younger, you're in and out, and you're not you're not thinking about what you're doing for training or or what kind of game you're doing. But I think the older you get, you notice it a lot more and try to pick up as much information as you can. And finally, then just before we let you go, um, I saw you just tweeting only a couple of hours back, actually, um, a little bit of controversy because Harry Kane has been awarded uh, a certain goal from a, a dubious goals panel. I see you're. Not too pleased at the moment. You haven't got one yourself. Nah. You're waiting on it. I think a, the goal panel up here are pretty slack, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the Harry Kane chance, but the boys are saying it was never his goal. And then, in fairness, I scored a goal the other week, and uh, I'm still waiting for a bit of uh, uh, clarification to see if it is mine. But um, I've seen Kane got that. I think it's it's who you know, not what you know in this life. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll get it put onto me because I don't get many, to be honest with you. So. Uh, and it wasn't a bad finish, so if I can get that that goal to my name, uh, I'll be happy till the end of the season. It'll shut me up for a while as well. <laughs> well, we'll tweet that out because I can tell you now. This I'm about to look back and scroll down your timeline there, Gary, to find that it. nailed on. You can see you definitely got a touch to it. So, uh, only a matter of time, I suppose. 
hopefully hopefully well, look cheers for joining us Gary thanks for being so uh, so ge- generous with your time and uh, hopefully we speak to you again no problem cheers lads thanks a lot log on to extratime.ie 